If you want to pump your body and expand your mind, there's only one place to go. Mind Pump. Mind Pump. With your hosts, Sal Stefano, Adam Schaefer, and Justin Andrews. In this awesome episode of Mind Pump, look, for 40 minutes, we don't talk about fitness that much, but we have some fun conversation. After that, we get into the fitness talk, but here's what we talked about in that first 40-minute intro. We talked a little bit about fitness. We Al, did, maybe. We, we started out by talking about the CBD, cannabidiol, market explosion, and we also talked about how CBD combined with pain medication uh, in some studies seems to be a good mix, um, and how I personally, there's no studies to back this up, like to combine hemp oil extract with stimulants for a smooth, even ride. I will also uh, do that. Now, look, the best source of full-spectrum hemp oil extract that has all the cannabinoids, including CBD, in our uh, opinion, is NED. Now, you can go to helloned.com forward slash mind pump, and you'll get 15% off your first purchase. Then we talked about how one of our good friends, uh, old school mind pump listener, Rochelle, we love you, talked about the uptick in creatine kinase uh, and rhabdo admissions at hospitals. I guess a lot more young, fit, and healthy people are measuring high levels of CK and getting rhabdo. Pretty alarming. We think it might have to do with the workout programs that they're doing. Maybe CrossFit has something to do with it. I don't know. Hmm. I don't know. Adam talks about his read, write, and row protocol over the weekend. Fail. And how that was a fail. Kind of like a MAPS red row. I talk about how I freaked out my nine-year-old daughter first thing in the morning, made us late for school. We talked about how Bircher Box now has add-ons, lamb meat, say what? You can also do ham, and then they have the what? The bacon explosion? That's what they called it? Yeah, it's an explosion of bacon. Pretty, Pretty awesome. Butcher Box delivers to your door grass-fed, high-quality meats. If you're someone who cares about your health, this is the place you want to get your meat. If you go to butcherbox.com forward slash mind pump, you'll get $20 off and two packs of bacon and two pounds of pork breakfast sausage worth your first order. That's not all. You'll also get free shipping. Then we talked about the 49er Fit Gym uh, on Saratoga Avenue in San Jose. This is literally the best gym I've seen in the Bay Area. It's immaculate. And it's $49 a month, which makes no sense. Anyway, if you go to that gym, make sure you say hi to our good friend, Jeremy. He is the general manager. Hmm. Tell him that Sal, Adam, and Justin sold you the membership just so he knows what time yeah. it is. Then we talked about Adam's mobility squat. According to a machine, he has more better mobility than Justin. You lied, machine. <laughs> <laughs> I talked about how our tax dollars are spent and how they're spent terribly. It'll irritate you. Adam talks about Dr. Obvious on Instagram and his eccentric, <laughs> concentric <laughs> post. Apparently, it was shit. Yeah. And then Sounds we, like a fart. We get, we get into the fitness questions. First question was, what are some signs of overtraining? What should I look for uh, when, to tell me that I'm doing too much? The next question, this person says, look, we're always practicing and preaching to do the minimum effective dose of exercise, but then we talk about how in the past we worked out for hours and did crazy workouts. What gives? Are we uh, being consistent or are we just bullshitting? Find Mm. out. Next question, why are all these Instagram famous lifters posting these PRs but not being truthful about the fact that they take steroids? What is going on? Should they be uh, honest or should you just mind your own business? I feel like everyone on Instagram is trustworthy. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's Justin. crazy. And the final question: What are the most embarrassing things 
we have witnessed in the gym. Adam talks about the, his jerk-off story. Uh, <laughs> Justin has a story of his own. Yeah. And I talk about the time <laughs> I embarrassed myself on the intercom into the whole gym. It was pretty crazy. Also, this month, MAP Split, this is the bodybuilding workout. This is the one for advanced people who want to build, shape, and sculpt their body, who don't mind working out a lot in the gym, who have great recovery abilities. This program, 50% off with the current promotional code, SPLIT50, S-P-L-I-T-5-0, no space. Make sure you go to the site, mapssplit.com, M-A-P-S-S-P-L-I-T.com. Again, the code SPLIT50 for 50% off map split. And if you're interested in other programs or if split you're not it in half. if you're not super advanced and you want to try some of our other maps programs because we have a lot, you can check out our other programs all at mapsfitnessproducts.com. T-shirt time. And it's t-shirt time. Oh hell, Doug, you know I love this time. Oh yes, you do. <laughs> we have a Whoa. few shirts going out to iTunes and Facebook for your reviews. We have four for iTunes. We have Never Tanner Ginja, Jamie Lynn M, and Trevor Guiel. For Facebook, we only had four reviews this week, so a little bit light. We have one winner there, Brooke Elizabeth. All of you are winners. Send the name I just read to iTunes at mindpumpmedia.com. Send your shirt size, your shipping address, and include your Instagram handle, and we'll get that shirt right out to you. Go to Facebook, leave us a review on the Mind Pump page. Your odds of winning a free t-shirt are quite high, as you could tell there. That was like a one out of four chance of getting a brand new Mind Pump t-shirt made out of pure gold. So fresh. Cotton. I'm just kidding. Cotton. Yesterday, I was doing a little bit of research on um, cannabinoids because, you know. Is it because I sent over the photo from the shoe store that is hustling CBD now? Actually, yes. Slanging it. (laughs) You did spark uh, me to do some more research. First of all, why is everybody everything have CBD in it all of a sudden? Hilarious. What Dude, was it that? What was it? I'm overkill everywhere. I'm in, I'm in DSW, like a you know the designer shoe warehouse store, right? Yeah. It's that big massive store that sh- sells shoes, right? Otherwise known as Heaven for Adam. Well, Continue. Uh, kind of. Not really my spot, but we were there for Katrina was shopping for somebody. Um, and anyways, we're in line, and I I took a sh- picture of this, you know, eight foot tall like thing for CBD products. And it was this whole makeup and skin, skincare line and everything in it had CBD in it. I just thought that was really fascinating. Yeah. It's the next, Mm. it's the, it's a, they're, they're turning it into a bubble and it's CBD gold making me angry. It makes me angry. Not because, uh, cannabinoids are bullshit, but because they have actual clinical applications but what they're doing is they're bastardizing it by, yes. you know, just putting it on everything. It's all watered down and not quality stuff. And now people are going to not have the same experience that they should have. Yes. Right. So that being said, I actually uh, was tripped out a little bit after I saw that, Adam, because there's a lot of topical products with cannabinoids. And I'm, I don't think the topical ones work because I, I think it's a systemic effect. So if you just rub it on your skin, it should go... In your whole body, at the very best. In other words, you know, applying it to an area that hurts isn't supposed to. I mean, is that going to really work? I actually found a study that says it did. Wow. There was a study that showed that cannabidiol applied to the skin could help lower pain and inflammation due to arthritis. How crazy is that? Could crazy. is it? Yeah. No. Well, so well, how how deep? Like like it goes pretty deep then. I, I have no idea. They okay. just rubbed it in. I don't know. Huh. Um, the other thing, the other, and then I, that led me down a rabbit hole of just, you know, cannabinoids. 
and how cannabinoids in combination with popular pain medication lowers the amount of pain medication that you need. So in other words, Hmm. they found with one study, people who take opiates for extreme pain need cut their medication doses way down if they combined it with other cannabinoids like the legal ones you find in hemp mm. cbd cbc you know all the other ones what do they and call then, that the entourage effect the entourage the well answer. yeah the entourage effect is when they're all together. all together studies show that they work better that way rather than when they're isolated which is great because that's how the plant presents it right um and uh, like ned for example their hemp extract isn't cbd oil it's full spectrum cannabinoids with terpenes all put in there and it's uh it's about as concentrated as i've seen i have not seen a hemp oil as strong as theirs is and i'm now i'm I'm comparing it to not what the bottle says but what i see on the lab reports right Mm -hmm. because the bottle says it's whatever concentration and they're accurate but the other companies i I see they'll they'll say you know 1500 milligrams of cannabinoids or this much cbd or whatever and then you ask to see the independent lab reports and you crickets you hear yeah. crickets like nobody yeah. sends. Hey, what anything. do you mean? What is that? Yeah, nothing at all. But with uh, Ned, with their independent, with their their lab reports that they'll you can look at, you can look up. You see the concentrations and how much, and they do a damn good job. I wonder if Ned uh, likes that or dislikes when they see the space getting saturated with these companies that are like because you there's I think there's a plus and minus if you're a company. Yeah, like, like that. are they ruining the space or are they right. bringing more eyes to it? Right. So I wonder mm. I wonder what their feelings on that. Now as a, as a consumer I see tons and what I see right now and it's in our space, the bodybuilding space, the fitness space is it's just exploding. It seems like Every uh, you know competitor or fitness person that you know, was my quote unquote uh, you know bodybuilder buddy mm-hmm. or peer is no is no longer pushing pre workout now it's we're pushing CBD yep yeah and it's just so funny now I will say this this is anecdote because I have no evidence to support this uh, that's clinical but anecdotally my own experience and the experience of people that I know who've tried this cannabinoids mixed with stimulants wonderful effect like if you if and i'm not talking about thc although some people will do that no i'm talking about the the ones you, that are non-psychoactive like if you do like what i'll do with the the ned is i'll take a dropper full of the strong bottle of 1500 milligrams mm-hmm. with 200 to 250 milligrams of caffeine and it's like i don't it's like laser smooth sailing focus you, you know, know what, what I mean? and i feel like some companies are picking up on that because that is one of my go-tos like i love doing that in the morning because it helps to kind of keep me riding that uh, you know, that cognitive benefit, you know, caffeine gives me first thing in the morning a little bit longer. Uh, but I have found some companies with like a nitro can that have actually tried to infuse like hemp oil inside the can and then combine it all together. It's got to be strong so, though. They have to have yeah, a good amount. Exactly. And, and yeah. who knows the quality of the, the hemp oil they're yeah. putting in there. But so. do you guys remember the first time I, I had you guys try that? Oh, I love that. Yeah, dude. Do you remember yeah, when it was? Oh, uh, when it was? Yeah, the first time I gave yeah, you guys when that. we were in Discovery. Was long time ago. Was it Discovery or was it... Uh, Discovery Bay. Was that where it was? Mm-hmm. Where I, where when, we, I, when we were all away for one of our programs. That was like last year, yeah? Yeah, and I'm Couple like, years hey, ago. try this. Two yeah. years ago? Yeah. <laughs> I love. You know what I love about you guys? You guys will take whatever I give you. 
<laughs> at this point, I've you built know, that. I've built I, the trust now. I'm just deciding to stop fighting it. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's like uh, Sal's gonna. He will. He'll. He'll get me going. Now I've built It'll the trust fine. where I just. Yeah. I'll, I'll hand you guys like stuff and be like, "Hey, take this." He'll be like, "This is what yeah. Adam does." Well, first Adam always day one. He's like, <laughs> he'll take it and then he'll be like, what did I, "This isn't enough." Yeah. <laughs> what did I just take, Sal? Like, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that was dishwashing uh, pod. <laughs> I was supposed to go in the dishwasher. Whatever. Yeah. Anyway. Uh. So did you, Adam? You said that uh, someone, your friend, who works in it was our friend, medicine? our friend, our friend Rochelle. She's uh, the she's like an OG. She, of well, OGs. she's technically, you know, not is this to, Rochelle from Twenty Four? No, 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 no. This oh. is this is Rochelle from high school. I went to high school with, oh. and it is. The first person. Oh, Rochelle, the old. Yeah, yeah, the, yeah, yeah, yeah. she's the true OG of Mind Pump. She she's actually one of our first supporters before yeah. Mind Pump launched, and we did the episodes with Craig. Uh, she was one of the handful of people that I personally sent uh, it over to to get feedback. Mm, just yeah. to you know, what did you think? But anyways, she sent me a text after she heard the episode. Uh, that we did about uh, Danielene Bailey when we talked about oh, how the, she had the rhabdo. Yes, and she goes something inter- interesting comes in, and she works in the medical field. So something interesting came across my desk this week. Uh, our medical oversight committee committee for all of our hospital labs is implementing a critical call range for CK test. It's a critical range that has never been existed or has never existed before, but was being recommended due to the rise of cases where young, healthy individuals are being seen in the emergency department with extremely high levels of CK, indicative of guess what? And then she says rhabdo. The medical director said it used to be extremely rare and usually an underlying condition presented, but they have seen it on the rise over the past three years with seemingly healthy young patients, and it's becoming frequent enough now to establish a critical call value. Wow, man! So, so CK uh, creatine kinase, I believe, is what. Yes. Okay. That when they measure that in your blood, there's a normal amount that you should have. Muscle damage, um, or 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 actually organ damage. So damage in the body will elevate this level in your blood. So if you have a hard workout, it's going to get elevated. If you're you know sick, I believe that'll elevate it uh, as well. But if it gets up to a certain point. They've identified, oh, oh, shit's getting dangerous, and if it goes too high for too long, you die because your organs shut down. Your, your, your kidneys can't filter it and cause problems with your liver, mm-hmm. which is what happened to Dana, Dana Lynn Bailey. And this is the result of rhabdo, rhabdo being uh, severe muscle damage. And and this used to happen, first of all, like she said, it was rare that athletes would come in with this yeah. because you have to really fuck yourself up to cause this to happen to yourself. The way it used to happen was through injury. Like somebody's leg gets pinned under a car or something and their muscle is crushed. Then they'll test their CK levels and they're through the roof. Or there's like kidney issues or something else that's underlying. But what she's saying is, and correct me if I'm wrong, Adam, because you told me this weekend, she's saying that they're seeing more and more cases of young, healthy athletes because more and more people are just overdoing it so much more that they they're actually meeting about it and having like what, what do they should call it a call a call a call sign or whatever that or which i'm assuming is just a, a protocol that they all are going to have like hey this is happening more frequently so we need to be prepared for it wow yeah. and, and i mean that's just one district or region or area of like that i mean all over the united states you got to think that there's got to be a rise if they're seeing a rise just in their area you would assume that it's probably across the board and this is the interesting part about how how CrossFit has structured themselves uh, to protect themselves legally, which is brilliant. 
Uh, if they were a privately owned company, um, oh, they would have been, yeah, or a franchise or anything like that. Where, but they were smart and they have they the way they structured all the the CrossFit is an affiliate. So, and I remember this with when I was in the cannabis industry. The cannabis industry did the same thing too. Like, you structure it in what were called collectives, and there's just different laws and rules that you get to play by when you when you do that because. Basically, when you do a collective and just like a CrossFit affiliate is doing is you are you are signing up here at your own risk. And we're not claiming that what we do here is, uh, you know, could this not is standard a, for it, all yeah, boxes. It's not exactly. representative of the CrossFit company yeah. and brand. Exactly. So, uh, you know, on, on uh, Glassman's approach of doing this, it was brilliant to protect himself. Now, the, the, the drawback of that is that there is nobody who is collecting the the data and and helping us as the general population to say hey you know what percentage of people get started in crossfit yeah. and end up getting hurt well guess what the, those stats don't exist because no one is nobody's motivated to even provide that right well, no. they, they, there is no there is no body that that um collects that data right yeah. so so it turns into a a hearsay thing, and and all the the, the CrossFit uh, organization has coached and taught these people how to combat that statement that people say, and they're like, oh, there's, it's not happening. There's a lot to, to be clear. There's a lot of environments in fitness that promote pushing yourself to levels that can increase the risk of rhabdo. Um, you could do extreme. You know, uh, rock climbing. You could do uh, well, triathletes. Triathletes. You could do crazy uh, boot camp classes. You know, I remember when those were popular. And they're just there's methodologies and uh, cultures that are more that can they can kind of push the the odds higher that people are going to overdo certain things. Like for example, there's certain injuries that are just more common in running than there would be in in swimming, for example. And so there's certain methodologies that just tend to push intensity, have a competitive environment, and uh, the way that they program, it's going to be a little bit more likely. And so with 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 Dana, you have a, a very high level. I mean, she's more fit than 99.9% .9 of the world. She's extremely fit, extremely advanced, very muscular, been working out hard for years. She goes into that environment, combining her competitive, hardcore nature with this methodology and this environment – and you had a recipe for disaster. And so that's a lesson to learn from people is like if someone that fit can have this happen to her, right? Then, you know, be careful with yourself. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So anyway, it's, it's kind of crazy, right? No, I yeah. agree. Yeah. No, yeah. that is crazy to hear that. Especially like I, I would be I wonder if if those cases are that prevalent within like a triathlete, you know, or like that kind of an environment, or if this is something like it's it's new because of the weights being another factor to the to the program. I think when you go into triathlon training as a as a new person, you automatically assume, oh, this is a triathlon. I'm competing in a sport, and you treat it a little differently. Yeah. Imagine if there was a triathlon class. That was like, hey, get get this is a fitness class, get in shape, training for a triathlon. And they didn't really change much about the training for the triathlon, but they advertised it as a great way to get in shape. You would have more and more because there's a little bit of a self-selection bias with triathlon, right? Mm -hmm. I don't think a lot of everyday average people sign, sign up, up for that. Right. True. I think it's a lot of people are like, Yeah, I'm really fit. I've been running yeah, a that's lot. A good point. I've already run a marathon. I can swim a couple miles. Right. I think a lot of people who are going into CrossFit aren't doing that. They're not thinking, I've been working out for yeah, a long they're time. They're not pitching it that way. Yeah, they're just like, I want to get in shape. I heard CrossFit's a great way to do it. I haven't worked out for a while. Let's go do it. 
um, and they're in that environment, that competitive environment, which can, you know, it's got its it's got its drawbacks. It's got a pluses too, right? But right. it's got its drawbacks. Right. So anyway, Adam, what was it that you put on your your story about your fail? You, yeah. you, you oh, about? My uh, my read, write, and row. Yeah, what is that? <laughs> so. I've been getting up in the I've been getting up in the morning ever since our uh, Hal episode. I've been consistently getting up and uh, kind of meditating and doing my my gratitude journaling and reading or listening to my audiobook and also preparing for our our stuff that we do here for the day. And it's been going phenomenal, right? And so uh, you, have, you know <laughs> I'm, I'm building on it, doing different things. And so I decided the, yeah, yesterday that you know what I'm going to do. I'm going to I'm going to row for a thousand meters, read a chapter, then I'm going to journal. I'm going to row a thousand meters, read a chapter, journal. And so this was kind of like my my ideas. It's a weekend, so I have plenty of time to do it. So like, one cycle, or just cycle it over and over again. So I, it was. So I'm. I've been rowing a five thousand meters, which is decent. I mean, if I row consistently straight, that takes me twenty two minutes to oh, do that. Okay. So that's a good distance, right? So this time, instead of just going because I had, it was the weekend and I had time and I wasn't in a hurry and going to work, yeah. I thought. You know what I'm gonna do today? I'm gonna I'm gonna row for my 5,000 meters, but I'm gonna break it up in 1,000 meters, and I'm gonna break it up with reading a chapter and then writing something. That sounds like a great idea. Right? Sounds brilliant, right? Yeah. Awful idea. So what why? happened? Yeah. Why? <laughs> so, well, think about this. Okay. Couple things. One, uh, rowing with grip in your hands and getting after oh. the rowing. <laughs> so my hands are like kind of shaky. You know, I'm already I don't have the prettiest handwriting as it is. So writing, like my handwriting's terrible. Turn into chicken scratch. Then you add in the fact that I'm also fucking sweating. So my hands are all sweaty, and so I'm smearing the ink all over the paper. <laughs> so it wasn't as good of an idea as, uh, I, as I thought it was. I was all excited to do it, bro. I got my, my Katrina sees me going down the garage, you know, and she's like, "What are you doing?" I'm like, oh, "I'm I got this thing I'm gonna do, you know. Yeah. I'm gonna yeah, read, write, voice the text from now on." Yeah, I'm like, "I'm gonna read, write, and row." I think it was a clever idea, and. I, I think my intentions were pure and good, and it worked. I still did it, but after it does spark creativity. Though, it did. No, like it that, was right? good. Like I mean, I, I definitely wrote some good stuff, and I, I, I definitely had a great row. It was overall a good experience, but I kind of laughed at myself afterwards, like because I thought I was my intention. Like now, just the way our business, right? Because we're in social and we talk on this damn show all the time. I'm thinking like I'm always thinking of like oh, clever things that I can implement and teach others to do, and maybe it'll turn into something. And of course, I pick something like read, write, row. Like it'll be something that like. <laughs> It's catchy. Yeah, it's catchy. It's yeah, got the right, right. So there, it's ready. That's where my my brain was going, and then I'm like, this is an epic fail. Yeah. When yeah. I did the all day workout, uh, mine was not sweat inducing like yours. Yeah. Mine was like you know three sets of five reps of squat or whatever. And then I came and I typed. I didn't use ink or, or anything. Yeah, like that. that was not a good idea. <laughs> but it does spark creativity. Yeah. Did you notice that? Did you notice that you were getting well, good ideas? And stuff? I do like that. I did like that, and I um overall as much as i'm talking shit about myself and saying that it was a fail it wasn't a complete fail i mean i got i got some good content out it was i, I mean it took me a little bit longer to decipher what i wrote but i mean i got i got some good stuff for <laughs> that's out. funny I, the only time i've tried after we had paul check and he did the painting after deadlifting <laughs> yeah like that that gave me i was i was squatting and then going in and like just playing music and I did, I did feel like, you know, it was cool to kind of shift to that side of your brain, then go back to the other side, you know, and like have that contrast. I thought it was interesting. I haven't done that in a long well, time, though. Very few things light up the whole brain, yeah. but exercise and movement do. Yeah. So when you're exercising, the whole brain lights up and then you try to focus a part of your brain by either writing or playing music or whatever. And I think it, I think it really does help foster creativity. My best, my best writing and my best ideas always happen- <clears throat> 
when I'm in the middle of a yeah, a lot of writers workout. say that when they they need you know inspiration, they'll go out and walk, and you know, and some of them like smoke cigarettes and all that too. But well, when we when we book the when we get away, right? Every program we've ever written, we we go away and we go on this trip, and you know, the the number one request that I have for Brianna when she's booking the location is like, I need a big living room, and mainly that is one, I like the open lighting for us, and just kind of gives us that that vibe, but it's mainly so I could pace. I, oh, yeah. I mean, yeah. uh, whenever we create those, I, I like to get up and walk, and while we're we're thinking and talking and uh, having conversation, it, it always promotes uh, yeah. promotes that for me. So, so talking about walking this this morning, I freaked out my daughter. It's pretty funny. So I get a uh, a message from her mom, and this morning, and she's like, "Hey, don't forget to have the kids turn in their walkathon forms." So the kids. This, it's walkathon season, right? You got your yeah, kids. Yeah, my too? kids. Yeah, we, we just had to put that out to get support for that. Yeah, so a walkathon is where you, you you pledge X amount of dollars per lap, and then your kid goes out on this day, and then they walk however many laps, and then they come back. I did 15 laps, and you got to pay them money, and it's yeah. for the school and all that stuff. So there were two forms that they had to fill out. One was to get their T-shirt, so just to tell them the size of shirt, and the other one is the actual pledges for the walkathon. So I get this message from their mom and I'm thinking, oh, they have to turn in their pledge form, right? So I wake up my daughter this morning before school. I'm like, hey, wake up, honey. She's like, oh, you know, little little eyes, like rubbing her eyes. Yeah. And I'm like, you have to turn in your walkathon form. What? I didn't even get anybody to pledge. It's too, nobody told me. She's freaking out. And I'm like, fuck. And I told her, I said, listen, whatever. Like, it's your fault. It's your responsibility. You need to figure this out. She's freaking out. I'm not going to be able to do anything. I didn't raise any money. I haven't told anybody. Losing her mind. So I'm like, <laughs> you get ready. I'm going to go take a shower. So I'm like, I go and I take a shower. I'm going to make a post yeah. real quick. Yeah. So I take a shower and I come out and uh, Jessica walks in the room and she's like, it's just for the t-shirt. They just needed the size of the shirt cell. The other part's not due until next month. So, oh, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> so I go, oh, no. My daughter's looking at me with the, <laughs> you know, the angry face. Dude, or the just best, ruined her morning. The best was the other day when she called you drama. Yeah, oh, drama. I'm going to call so, you drama queen. She's like, you don't drama. have to be so dramatic. I'm like, what the fuck? Is <laughs> <laughs> my nine-year-old telling you that? <laughs> Dang. I mean, in her defense, you can be sometimes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you can yeah, be yeah, a little dramatic. Real, real, real. Oh. That's... Will you call me moody? Drama's yeah. going to be No your, more drama like right. your mama. Yeah. Yeah. I do <laughs> get excited about things, don't I? <laughs> yeah. It's pretty no, fun. But know. It, but you know, I mean pissing off your 9-year-old when they're trying to get ready for school. Oh, it's a bad move. It's not a recipe for <laughs> being on time. Yeah, let me I, let me just I've made that mistake. Yeah, too. let me just put it to that way. Yeah. Uh, oh, you know what? Did you guys see that ButcherBox is letting you add lamb chops? Yeah. So what they're doing that I didn't bacon. What I didn't know that they do. Uh, I was talking to Rachel. They were going over all our sponsorships, and uh, so you have your you have the monthly or the bi monthly or even every three months you can do the the schedule where they automatically ship whatever you know um, choices that you pick. What's cool is every month they also have all these add ons where they have some sort of a special. Like they have the bacon one going on right now. I think they have a lamb, they have a rack of lamb and they have a ham, ham one. Yep. A ham one going on right well, it's now. It was all good for Easter, right? I, I like how they kind of organize this around totally. holidays. Yeah, and, and it seems like they do that every time. There's always something that, that kind of goes with the theme of the month or rotating through different options. So those are the big three big ones this month. But what's cool is you can just a la carte it. So it's like, okay, I already have my regular shipping that comes through. Oh, but hey, Easter is this this weekend coming up. So let me throw those three things in there, and it's a hell of a deal, dude. Bro, I yeah. love rack of lamb. Is like my it's like candy for me. It's the best. I don't know what it, I think. I grew up eating lamb all the time. My dad, 
if he ever barbecued meat. I was going to ask you, how do you guys cook it normally? So, What's the Italian way to cook it? Well, so the way my dad used to like to do lamb is he would, uh, they would dip it in olive oil and Italian seasoning and breadcrumbs and then barbecue it. So it's got breadcrumbs around it and you grill it. Oh, that That's good. like the classic way that mm. we would do it. And then you have the, the other traditional ways that you can season lamb or whatever. But lamb, the rack of lamb is my fucking, my God, I love that. And I'll eat, I'll eat so much of it that I'll get sick. <laughs> I swear to God. And I was a kid. I grew up with that, right? My dad would barbecue lamb probably once a week at least. And every holiday we would have lamb. And yeah. that was the meat. So I grew up eating lamb. And so my American friends, well, I'm American too, but you know, my, my, my friends whose parents weren't, uh, you know, off the boat or whatever, they, they would love steak. And I'd be like, lamb, baby. <laughs> it's lamb. all about the lamb. Yeah, yeah I'd much rather do lamb. We always did ham for uh, Easter, and it was like yeah, it was hit or miss. You know, you get like a smoked ham that was real tasty sometimes, and then sometimes mm. it was just like lunch meat. So I would say he doesn't bad. like ham. You don't, you don't like, like him? I love. Ham. I'm not a big fan oh, of potato au gratin uh, potatoes. I'm Ooh. not a fan yeah, of ham too much. It's not. And then they put like like what is that pineapple shit all over it, and it's all it's, what is it? Yeah, the pineapple's got to go. Yeah, ham yeah, makes no not, sense. I'm not even a big fan of pork to be be honest. I like sausage and I like uh, bacon. Yeah, but that's it. Yeah, those are. I mean, those are two big items, though. Yeah, I'm <laughs> <laughs> saying like that is the pig. But I'm not a big yeah. por- pork. Cho- you like pork chops? Uh, yeah, you know they're okay. How often do you eat pork besides sausage and bacon? Yeah, pork chops would be probably the other the other one I would even eat like very often. So, yeah, no. yeah, that'd be it. It doesn't do it for me. Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm. Anyway, uh, best gym I've ever seen. In a long time at the 49er Fit Bro. Gym. Amazing. Tell me dude. that's not the it best was, gym you've seen in a while. It was like a Disneyland for fitness. Shout out to our good buddy Jeremy uh, for inviting us down to come speak to his staff. Um, loved hanging out, hanging out down there. And holy shit. First of all, if I'm 24-hour fitness, city sports, LA fitness. All of them. I'm, them I'm shitting a brick. I am scared to death right now because... Aside from the gym being one of the nicest gyms any of us have ever been into, the fact that it's $49 a month yeah. fucking blows that, my mind. That, that doesn't make sense. That doesn't make any sense uh, to me. I don't uh, understand that. The only thing that makes it, you know what it makes sense to me, that's called Mark Mastroff. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, kind of sticking it. Yeah. I mean, that's a- Giving them the cut. That's a, I mean, you're talking about a $6 million plus gym. Yeah. That you're giving away for forty nine dollars a month. It's like insane. You, so let me ask you guys this: uh, uh, in terms of let's let's break it down here. First of all, the, the weight room, one of the best weight rooms I've ever seen. What do they have? Eight, eight, eight squat racks. Eight squat racks. Platforms. You got like, sick platforms. You see that? Were you there when? Yeah, you, it didn't make any. Well, he came back and showed me like when I dropped the weights. Nothing. Yes. Yeah. That was fascinating. Crazy. I, I want that. Like, then setup. Machine wise, these are my favorite machines I've ever seen. But Pakulski has great machines in his gym. Yeah. This gym rivals his, and Pakulski designed his for pure bodybuilders. Mm. This is like bodybuilder heaven. Right. If you like machines. Oh and, yeah. And, so they got that, and then they also for you know your functional guys, they have this treadmill that you can actually like it has weights. Attached oh, to the it, farmer so you can do walk. farmer walks with yeah. it. I was like, dude, and then it's self-propelled, which, uh, as you saw on the Instagram, I look like an idiot. Like, didn't realize <laughs> that, but yeah, that was awesome, man. I was like, oh, I want to do this. Yeah, and then they had uh, all the the recovery center stuff. So then they have like cryo. They had that water massage stuff. They had the the Normatec pants. In there, did you see that? Dude, yeah. they had all the high tech shit, man. They all got the hyper ice, like everything. You know, if you, oh, just regular formals. No, cryo. No, we're gonna do this. All the classes, steam sauna. The best. Yeah. I'm like, I wish. Could you imagine working in a gym like uh, that when we were kids? I might have been too distracted. 
You know what I mean? It's everything's so nice. Oh, it was, yeah. but anyways, it was a great because we the reason why we we're there yeah. was you know we were doing a, another talk for for trainers. Great group, yeah. Great group of people. They look like they definitely have their shit together. Had a, had a good time talking to them. So I, I can see Jeremy's putting together a nice team over there. Um, oh, and then the, how about that uh, mobility assessment machine? Yeah, I'm a little, Adam's I'm a little, it. I'm a little disappointed in our uh, listenership that just autumn. I mean, they, they <laughs> we did a little survey, or Rachel did a survey on the Instagram stories, and fucking seventy six percent of the people thought Justin would smoke me at that. So. You know what? Fuck well, all y'all that voted for him. Oh yeah, because he got lit up on he, that. That's he why you me slipping. That's why you <laughs> got me slipping. I've been working on my power and explosivity, and like, meanwhile, Adam's doing all this slinky shit. You know, like getting all like slide, like sliding in there. All like, yeah, I'll just try this. Eight yeah. six or something, yeah. dude. They said eighty-one. They said eighty-four is the highest score on that TRX. Thing. So it's a great. It's like this machine that you stand in front of. You do an overhead squat, and then it apparently not only a assesses you but then it shows you the areas it thinks it's are tight so i was impressed yeah. with it i i don't know if you guys opened the email yeah or not. i did uh, uh i mean were you like what, what? oh so the areas that i know that i need so it, it, so re, it highlighted that retroll lift is yeah. what it, it it told me that i should be doing really which 100 percent is i mean that's if i'm where i'm lacking right now i mean i did the work on ankles i did the work on my hips and the main focus for me here lately has been my thoracic mobility and my shoulder mobility and it's it, it highlighted it, it my shoulders were glowing one of the mobility exercises it gives me is reach roll lift and i'm like oh my god that's yeah brilliant. see it, it did that same for me but I, i'm really like more concerned with my hips like what i have been driving in my external rotation of my right foot has been really like exaggerating my problem they didn't pick up on that yeah so you looked i was I, like mm. you guys both looked amazing on there doing that overhead squat uh, but i think that's yeah so it's like machine eye you know human eye well we'll see yeah you know, like, uh, <laughs> I, I want more eyes on that i mean yeah. no doubt obviously we know that you know nothing will ever replace the the human eye for for things like that. But I think just the fact that they have something like that, yeah. That, oh, I mean, it's powerful the, for somebody that's just coming in. Yeah. I mean, that's what blew me away. It blew me away that it was even close to being right for mm -hmm. me. I mean, I I, I didn't, had no idea what to anticipate or what to expect from it, and and what it gave me as feedback. If if I could if I were to just pick a, a mobility exercise or two for me to do a, a retro lift is for sure that area that I need to address. So for me, I was like, wow, that was I couldn't yeah. imagine giving a tour of the gym or being a trainer, oh bring God. someone to this machine, stand game, in front it's of this game over, yeah. like done deal. Yeah, yeah. Talk about building a shit ton of value, and then immediately from there. Oh, this machine shows that you're tight here, here, here. Now, Let me take you to these exercises. I do find yeah. it very interesting that TRX calls it TRX Maps. They launched this after Maps was already launched and released. And it is interesting that it's a squat assessment that then points you in the direction of what you're supposed to do as far as mobility and stretching is mm, concerned. Are they trying to work with us? Uh, dude, yeah, I don't think they're, they're trying to work ask. with us at all. Yeah. I think they, I think yeah. they fucking went around us. Just watching us, copying yeah. us. Yeah. You bastards. Yeah. Very anyway. cool, though. Very, yeah, very no, cool. That was interesting. It is. I'm actually going to go there um, today after work. I'm going to go work out at that club, and I plan on doing – what I'm trying to do right now is I'm slowly building up my training volume to some of the highest levels. My goal is to get them to the highest levels that I've had them uh, in a long time because I just feel real healthy, and I seem to be building muscle and feeling pretty good. I can assimilate the food I'm eating. I weigh like – I weigh over, I weigh 205 right now. You know how heavy that is for me in a Damn. while? Yeah. 
Beefcake. You better beast. watch out, Justin. Beastie. Yeah. I'm, gonna, I'm 220. I'm going to bring the cake, bro. There. <laughs> you got some room. I can hey. get up to 220. Yes. Hey, start, start eating. Best Instagram caption post I've seen yet was the one I saw the other day. Somebody, shout out to who it was. I should, wish I remember the handle or give oh, him some love. Oh, my God. Okay. The, the cheese. For plus squats, oh, equals yeah. <laughs> cheesecakes for Justin. I thought that was so good. Oh, I see. Cheesecake. Yeah, yeah. Cheese plus his yeah, plus like squats that. equals cheesecake. I got a better one. This guy was DMing, uh, and he was talking about like uh, when, when we were talking about our animals and everything, and like lizards. And he's like, "What was his dad joke?" I salamander. Should, I should read it. Yeah, that I'm a salamander. You ruined it. Yeah, I know. Yeah. <laughs> you ruined your. Yeah, you, you thanks ruined, for taking my punchline. Dig the man. whole thing. Don't be trying to out dad joke me. Come on, man. It was way better how it was delivered, dude. So. Uh, Tax season is among yeah. us, huh? Today, yeah. yeah. You know, what I love about taxes uh, nothing. Not a single yeah, damn I was thing. Say, there's nothing. I <laughs> there's like. nothing I hate more. You're than, not going to bring me good news yeah. right now. There's nothing I hate more than fucking working for someone else without my permission or consent. Fuck you guys. But anyway, here's some interesting stuff that the government has spent tax money on, just making you feel better. Are you guys ready for this? Yeah. Uh, these are real things. That the government, these are real, because, you know, you, they, get, they get audited, and these are things that they release. So you can actually look these up. This is not bullshit, okay? The government spent $300,000, you ready for this? Yep. On 391 coffee mugs. What? <laughs> yeah, so $750 a pop. These coffee mugs can be plugged into aircraft and have the ability to reheat beverages while in flight, and that's pretty much it. <laughs> $750 a pop. Here's another one. Uh, they've, they spent... $13.6 million. You ready for this? To hire two border agents. What? Yeah. So in November 2017, U.S. Customs and Border Protection awarded a $297 million contract to an outside company called Accenture with the understanding that it would recruit and hire 7,500 more agents in five years. Ten months into the contract, we have a progress report. We've paid them $13.6 million so far, and they've only hired two people. <laughs> so, I don't like this game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's And there's a lot more. I actually posted this in my... We also did a, a $333,000 uh, $333, study that studied bars on the U.S.-Mexican border. So they wanted to look at, with increased alcohol availability due to the lower minimum legal drinking age in Mexico of 18, and an increased number of venues for an on premise consumption of alcohol they wanted to see like okay let's study how many people are going to mexico to drink alcohol that was a three hundred and thirty-three thousand dollar oh my God. study they spent another three million dollars to study dance clubs anyways uh for for people who's overseeing this yeah one of the reasons why i hate that what irritates me about this kind of stuff is and the reason why this happens is these major companies that get these government contracts they're buddies they yeah. get taken They're care just of. They're going to milk it. Yeah, so it's like, oh, we need to hire an agency to hire uh, border agents for us. And then, oh, by the way, my buddy owns this company. Here's $300 million, and then nobody cares yeah. if it actually Get them does all anything. coffee mugs. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. You know, that you just reminded me of uh, Dr. Obvious that posted uh, a post the other day that just it just annoys me when I see shit like this. It was like a eccentric training versus concentric training. Oh yeah, and and basically he was he, he was pointing out that uh, the eccentric portion of the of the exercise isn't as uh, important as what we've been told by all these trainers that you know actually studies show that they're pretty much equal. You know we've been told before that the eccentric portion of the exercise you build the most amount of muscle, but with all things equal, it's pretty much the same. 
And the part that I don't like about his page, I can't stand his page because every other study is like this, where it's like, what what's your desired outcome by putting a, a study like this out for people? If it's a splitting hair difference, mm-hmm. you're trying to counter probably what a lot of trainers are telling clients like, hey, slow down, control the eccentric part of the exercise. It's the most important part of the exercise, which I'm sure I've said this out of my mouth mm-hmm. before. And that's what irritates me is because maybe in a laboratory, it doesn't fucking mean uh, make a difference for you or it's splitting hairs. And so therefore you want to put it out there on your fucking Instagram. But what I think about is all the thousands of people that I've seen come in and out of a gym doing exercises. And I I can count on one hand how many people I've actually seen standing in front of the mirror doing bicep curls and doing a four second, four second negative. Think about that right now. When you guys go to the gym today, those that are listening right now, Pay attention to everybody doing everybody doing exercises, and just count in your head how many or count when you when someone's doing a negative on any movement in the gym, and see if you see anybody even spending their four seconds doing that. Yeah, nobody does. Nobody no, does. No. So it's just it's if anything the, the conversation should be around that it's an it's a, a portion of the movement that is extremely important that's is grossly ne- neglected by the average person. And not to mention, this is also where people are at the greatest risk. They just drop the weight down or they lower it down really quick and they do this rebound effect to go back up again. And that's where injury happens a lot too. Right. His argument is that uh, eccentric loading does build more muscle than concentric loading, the positive, but the eccentric load has to be heavier than the concentric. But when you're lifting weights, you're you're, you're you're lowering the same weight that you're raising, so it's not heavy enough to exert those effects and benefits. Here's why that doesn't fucking matter. The most important aspect about lowering a weight under control is to prevent injury and give you good form. And the best way to get a good rep, a good positive rep, is to start with having a good negative rep. Mm -hmm. So if you have a shitty negative, so if I unrack a bar for a squat and I just go down, the come up part's going to be shitty. So start your lift with a good negative and you're going to have a good a good positive. So is it an important aspect of the lift? It's half of the exercise. Mm-hmm. So yes, it's, it's just as important as the concentric. Is it important in the sense of building muscle? Yes, because it, it's going to ensure good form. And if you do it right, you're going to prevent injury. So I, I'm with you, Adam. He likes yeah, to post a lot desired of- desired outcome, like he yeah. said, man. Yeah, well, that's, that's, that's really irritating when you're trying to like teach somebody mechanically, like sound, how to you know go through this exercise and you're not focused. Like that's a huge focus it's is the going thing, slow. It's the thing I don't like. And even our good friend Lane is, is I think, guilty of doing this sometimes. You know, it's, it's the lab coats that- want to get into a dick measuring contest of whose study is more recent, more new, more accurate versus the average person who's going to the gym and just wants to make the right decision or be safe or be smart about the way they train. And all we end up doing as authorities in this space is confusing the fuck out of people by mm-hmm. shit like this. Because yep. you, And you read all the comments. So, oh, so what does that mean? I shouldn't worry about this. So it does, I don't need to do this anymore. Or I, oh, I can go faster. Like, duh, fuck, man. Like, why do you do that? You're not helping anybody out with a study like that. Yeah. He, uh, and speaking of Lane, he's doing a thing right now where he's trying to cut uh, I think he's trying to lose five or six kilos, which is like, what is that? 12, yeah, eating 13? gummy bears. But I'm going to eat up to 50 grams of sugar a day yeah, to show Shame everybody. on you, Lane. But okay, so what? There's a guy that lost weight eating just McDonald's too and, and all that. Like, what's Yeah, I remember Jared. Yeah, he ate sandwiches all day. Yeah. yeah. yeah who gives I, a shit? And I know what he's trying to do. He's trying to show that sugar in the context of a calorie deficit isn't that big of a deal. Um, but it, which, by the way, here's the again, thing. Again, it goes back to my analogy. Exactly. It's like drinking. It's you're drinking a beer in front of an AA meeting. 
Yeah. <laughs> you know, that's exactly what you're doing by doing like, that. Like, look, I'm you're, not an alcoholic. Exactly. It's yeah. like, look at it. You're speaking to a bunch of people that are addicted to food. So that's something that he can argue with me all day long. I'll argue with him all day long on that. You know, we can, most people are addicted to food. Whether that's chemically or mentally, it doesn't fucking matter. Most people are addicted to food. And you're standing up there and you're eating something like that to show that you can do what? Yeah, good for you. You could do that. I can do that too. But I also know that most of my clients don't have that same discipline. So, And they also don't eat a lot of sugar in the context of a low-calorie diet. They eat a lot of sugar yeah, in the context of a, a high-calorie diet. Calorie diet. Yeah, right. It's almost never the other way around. Right. Yeah. And if it is the other way around, what you end up finding is malnutrition. Mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure Lane is is definitely eating adequate levels of proteins, carbohydrates, and getting all the nutrients that his body needs. Because when you typically find normally low-calorie, high-sugar diets, it's typically low in protein on top of it, low in essential healthy fats, and low in nutrients. So typically what you find is some guy who or girl who you know just drinks sodas most of the time, and then and then will throw in some crackers, and then that's their calorie. And they eat a little bit, but they also have high sugar. Usually, it's a bad situation. Someone like him, he's getting everything else he needs, and he's going to show I'm also in a deficit, and I can eat a lot of sugar. Great job. Most people can't do that. Most people have an issue with that. Right? Didn't he come after Max over something too? Oh, that was actually great. He said that. So Max posted something showing how fasting, right? Doing uh, activity while fasted increases fat expenditure and lane came back and said it does however at the end of the day it doesn't matter it's the deficit that makes you lose body fat and lane was right and so max uh added added an addendum just to be clear uh you know on the results of that study the thing i love about max is he's super humble and super like he's like oh yeah i guess it doesn't look clear let me let me let me clear that up he's not uh you know a a zealot, zealot about yeah, yeah no he he he's very much into interpreting data and then communicating is much more of a a journalist in that in that case yeah context yeah. matters dude mm-hmm. for sure this quaz brought to you by Organifi for those days you fall short on getting your organic veggies or whole food nutrition Organifi fills the gap with laboratory tested certified organic superfoods to help give your health and performance the added edge try Organifi totally risk free for sixty days by going to Organifi.com that's O-R-G-A-N-I-F-I dot com and use the coupon code MINDPUMP for 20% off at checkout. All right. Our first question is from Coco Fit. What are signs of overtraining? Oh, wow. Yeah. I get, this, I get this a lot, actually. Yeah. What are So, so I, I know what my classic signs are. Um, for me, I tend to, and this is these are common ones, too. For, for I would notice with clients as well. I think the key is the list you're about to give right now is that it, you don't need to have all of them. Mm-mm. It could be yeah. one, you know, mm-hmm. or it could be all. These are indicators, yeah. right? Yeah, that are leading to. Yeah, it. the 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 first sign is my my progress stalls and then starts to go back a little bit. So if I notice that I'm going to the gym and I'm working out, and I'm starting to lose my strength or my motivation, I'm starting to lose my drive maybe lost a rep or two in the lift. I feel like I'm less mobile. Um, I just feel like my performance is dropping and it's happened now for a few workouts in a row. That's the first and easiest sign. Like I go to the gym and I just know I'm working out. I'm like, I just, I'm not feeling it. I'm not getting a good pump. I feel like I'm getting a little bit weaker. The other one is uh, my sleep. My sleep starts to get impacted um, where I start to sleep negatively. And I notice I get this restless type sleep where I'm exhausted. So I go to bed and I fall asleep, but I have this kind of wake up, go back to sleep, wake up, go back to sleep type of sleep throughout the whole night. It's like this restlessness, almost like 
and for parents listening, you'll know what I'm talking about. When you have a child that gets overtired mm-hmm. and they're just wired, it's almost like that. Like my body is it's too much in that sympathetic state. It's too much in that fight or flight state and I can't fully relax even though I'm totally exhausted. Uh, the other sign is uh, my joints start to bother me a little bit. I start to feel stiff and my muscles feel sore at the insertions. So like if I'm doing a pec exercise, I feel it like, you know, in my armpits where it feels like if I push too hard, it's going to tear or my triceps, I'll feel it in my elbows or my quads, I'll feel it in my knees, you know, those kinds of things. Those are the three big ones for me. And then there's a couple other ones. I've had clients that will, that they'll tell me, um, that they notice that they're cold, that their bodies feel too cold. Oh yeah. Yeah, where they're and again, it's it's that it's that fight or flight response, almost like their their body. They they because they're so stressed because of all the training that they're doing, mm-hmm. their body's ability to acclimate to temperature seems to be like it's impeded. That's one that I used to get from clients all the time. So I don't know about you guys. No, I don't have much to contribute. I mean, those are the the three that you named are the main ones that I go by when I'm asking yeah. somebody questions about how they're feeling and if. What's the first one that you notice for you? For me, yeah. joints. Uh, so I notice joints first because uh, sometimes I'll still be hitting PRs or getting stronger, um, but then I'm getting but I'm getting achy. Oh, that's a good point. Yeah, you could be progressing in strength, but being yeah. yeah. So sometimes, sometimes, and that to me, that's why it's one of the more challenging signs to be aware of because. You know, my ego is is enjoying the increases, and I'm like, mm. yeah, PR again, PR again, this is awesome. But then my bodies are like, oh, but that was a rough one. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So achy joints tend to be my first signal, and then uh, the other thing is, uh, and when I know for sure I've gone too far, is the regression in strength. And that's typically, I tend to flirt with that. I tend to ignore the first signal for me, which is the joint feeling, and saying like, oh, you know, it was just a tough workout. I'll feel better. I'll get some massage or, you know, do some cold bath. Like I just start thinking like that and I just keep pushing. And then what ends up happening is sooner or later I get back up under the bar and I'm weaker than I was the week before. And I'm like, shit, I mm, should have known yeah. better that I should have pulled back a little bit. Yeah, I just noticed like I just feel super taxed, you know, where I wake up and I'm like, just not like the motivation's already kind of going down the the strength i could feel the strength like going to the same amount of weight that i should be able to to do and has has been really a struggle now and uh you know for me like the, the cold actually that you mentioned is like i i do experience that too it's like you're too like it's almost like when you're too tired you yeah. get cold too yeah because i i'm like i know that i'm fighting through being tired like that's i'm my drive is to, to to sort of override that. And then as I'm doing that, yeah, my body's like adjusting to that. And so, yeah, I get like really cold and just like I'm I'm, I'm wired at night and trying to to, to go to sleep is, is hard for me. Yeah. And I also noticed changes in how my body looks. And this is something that I noticed uh, when I was younger because I would ignore the other signs because I thought when I was younger, if I can do the workout, then that means I can do it. So or I should do it. So for me, it was like, oh, I did the workout. I'm not overtraining. I could push myself through. It's no big deal. Mm. And I would just keep pushing, keep pushing. And I would notice that uh, my body would look different. I would start to get this kind of flat look to my body. And I wouldn't look as lean or as solid. Almost as if I was losing muscle and maybe putting on some body fat, even though I'm working out more and more and harder and harder. Well, it's interesting too cuz I mean back back when I could do like double days. Like I could do like I could work uh you know, I was playing football and I would just like get through 
uh, I would be super exhausted, but I'd just fight my way through it. But now it's like I immediately know when I ramp it up and I'm like at a high, you know, volume or high amount that I'm not used to. Like my body reacts like like really like intensely, you know, like, oh, wow, like I get a, a big response the next day. Yeah. And it's gotten to the point now for me, at least, um, where. I kind of know. I can feel it. It's a feeling now like, okay, I need to back off a little bit, right? This is much harder for new trainees because you have to learn those signals of your body. And it took me a while to get to this point. But now when I work out, I know when I've gone a little too far and why. I'm, and then I know when my workout, my next workout needs to be a little bit easier. I know when I need to, not always, by the way, I'm not 100% on this because I'm still human and I still get overexcited and my ego likes to take over sometimes. But now I'll go to the gym and after doing like the first exercise or so, I can tell like this is going to be a workout where I'm going to push it or this is going to be a workout where I'm going to I'm going to scale it back. Um, it took me a long time to learn that though. I used to go into the gym with an idea of what I was going to do and come hell or high water, that's what I was going to fucking do. So even if I went in there and I felt like shit, now today I'm supposed to do 15 sets of squats, that's what I'm going to do today. Um, and I caused, I caused myself to... Uh, to, to stall my progress way more, uh, way more times than I, I should have because of you know that kind of approach. Here's another easy. But here's an easy test. By the way, this is a simple test. If you take time off from the gym and you come back and you're stronger, you are probably overtraining. That's a real clear one. I remember the first time that happened to me. I went on vacation with my family, and I took off a week or something like that from exercise, and I was so afraid I was gonna lose all my gains. Went back to the gym. I, I was. 10 pounds more on every lift. I remember thinking, what the hell? This is really weird. Mm. And my buddy, my dad's friend who was a, a old school bodybuilder is like, oh, that means you were probably trained too much. You needed a break. I was like, what? Didn't settle into my brain until years later. Next question is from Custom Concern 15. How come you guys are always preaching to never train so hard and to always do the minimum amount necessary? Yet when you tell stories about how you got to where you are, you definitely were working out more than three times a week. If I want to be as jacked and successful as you, don't I need to push the limit? <laughs> that's that's <laughs> terrible to think that. Uh, I, I did a lot of stupid things. I uh, made a lot of bad investments too. It <laughs> doesn't mean that you need to go down the same path <laughs> yeah. I did to get here either. Yeah, you know what I'm yeah. saying? Like, so well, the storytelling uh, and sharing this stuff, I mean, that to, to me, like that's kind of what, I mean, this is part of the, the formula of, of Mind Pump since the very beginning was to be very transparent with our audience and to not be like the three guys standing in their ivory tower and, and pointing the finger at what everybody else is doing wrong and this is the right way to do it, but more so, hey, you know, we did a lot of these things and we did a lot of things the wrong way and we've learned uh, because of that. Uh, so that doesn't mean just because we, we share stories in the past of training that way that this is the ideal way. And that also doesn't mean that you can't get to where you're pushing crazy limits like that. Um I, I don't share a lot about my programming when I was competing, but I, I talked about how I started and how it looked very similar to anabolic. But, you know, I eventually scaled to uh, something greater than anything that we have on there and the amount of volume. But I don't like sharing that just because a majority of the population is not training at that high of volume. I, I don't want to send a message to the average listener that, you know, going to the gym twice a day is ideal for the average listener. Like the average listener is, you know, probably needs to scale way back and, and, and work and practice on mechanics and address a lot of things in their body before they start training like this. So 
just because we've done these things doesn't necessarily mean that you should go down the same path. Yeah, but the big thing, the big point that needs to be made here is this. The minimum necessary amount goes up the more fit you become. Okay, right, so right. what what the, the, the amount of training that a sedentary, you know, uh, deconditioned 45-year-old woman, for example, or man would need to get their body to change is very little. They just need to do a little bit more than they're currently doing. Now, if you're a hardcore athlete and you've been training for years and years consistently, to get your body to change anymore, it's going to take a lot more. Mm -hmm. The minimum effective amount or the minimum effective dose is way more than it would be for the sedentary person. So if I'm training consistently and I'm training hard and I'm at a certain level – yeah, that's what I need. That's exactly what I need. But that's exactly why you shouldn't follow the routine of a genetically gifted steroid-taking yeah. bodybuilder or high-level athlete. They need to do that workout. Like, mm-hmm. you know, Olympic lifters who, who who are at that level of, of competition, they need to lift five hours a day. They need to be in the gym two or three times a day perfecting their skills because for them to get any better, better than they are now, which is extremely good, it's going to take a lot more work. But for you... Who yeah. are you know? You're just getting started or whatever. Or you've only been working out for a few months. It's too much. It's way too much. I think that is the biggest misconception, you know, because it's not like we're we're saying like barely do anything. You you know, stay away from intensity. Like I, that, we're not saying stay away from intensity. It has to match the right dose, scale. Gonna, yeah, scale and, and and adaptation. We try and stress the point that you don't want to teeter past adaptation, where we're just trying to recover now. So if you figure that out and you figure out that right balance that you want to introduce the right amount of stress that's everything like why do more when when it's just it's 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 not going to propel you forward you're going to stay where you are or go backwards there's there's videos floating around somewhere on youtube still when i first started the fat to fit journey and you it's me talking to the camera and i'm talking about going to the gym for 20 to 30 minutes lifting the five to 10 pounds silver weights over in the corner corner, and telling people that this is all I need to do because before this, I was pretty damn sedentary and I was eating terrible. So the choices that I was making eating-wise, the amount of exercise I was doing was as little change as I needed to make just to start to see change in my body. Now, fast forward three years later, and I'm standing on a stage with professional bodybuilders totally different. I mean, I'm hitting the gym twice in the day on the, uh, the that that point. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But we didn't talk a lot about it because most people haven't It's not as relatable. There's not a lot of people that I have met or I've trained as far as clients of mine that can say that they have consistently trained I mean, super consistent for 3 or 4 years straight. Just I just don't know very many. Most people yo-yo diet, yo-yo train, they go up and down, they're consistent for a few months, they fall off, and those people have no business training the way I was training when I'm when I'm competing at the professional level. It's just you don't want to do that. You want to you want to do as little as possible to elicit the most amount of change. Right, because more than you need, all that does is it compromises or dips into your body's ability to adapt and recover. That's all it does. So, I've used this analogy before, I'm going to use it again, okay? We're going to talk about a different system of adaptation of the body. We'll talk about your body's ability to darken its skin in response to the ultraviolet rays from the sun. So your ability to tan is an adaptive process. When you go out in the sun, the sun rays hit you. Your body tries to protect itself from the potential damage that the sun rays can cause, and it starts to get darker. Darker skin can withstand 
more sunlight. Okay, so let's pretend now you've been in your mom's basement for three years and you haven't gone outside at all. Now you go outside, you're pale as hell. How much sunlight do you need to start to trigger a an adaptation response, to start to trigger a little bit of skin darkening? Very little. Yeah. Not much. And if you go over that, what ends up happening? You get sunburned. You get a sunburn, you which is- You peel and you start all over wh- again. You, right, which, which impedes and impairs your body's ability to tan and adapt. Now, let's say- you were you've been working out you're a you're a roofer you've been working outside in the summer for years and it's you're living in a, in a very sunny state and your skin is dark you're very tan all the time how much sunlight would you need to get even darker a lot you would need a lot more sun to get darker so that's the minimum effective dose for somebody whose skin is already adapted to the sun so if you're advanced and you've been training a long time the minimum effective dose to get your body to continue to adapt and change is a lot. It's a lot in comparison to the person who has maybe not ever exercised or hasn't exercised in a long time. So that's why we can set, we can talk about this message, but simultaneously talk about the crazy workouts that we've had in the past. Most of the time, sometimes they've been mistakes, like Adam said, mm-hmm. but other times it's because the minimum effective that's dose where was, we are. It was a lot. Well, yeah, that's where we were. When I was training that way as a competitor, that wasn't a mistake. That was methodically scaled. Right. That was starting three, four years previously at barely doing anything, spending 20, 30 minutes in the gym, maybe three days a week, to eventually training seven days a week and doing split routines. I mean, the amount of volume that I was doing at the end of end of my competing career compared to where I was three four years pre- prior to that was dramatically different. How many how many times a week were you hitting body parts and how many sets were you doing on average? You remember? So I was I was hitting every body part three times a week. Okay, uh, and probably average between twenty and thirty. Shit, no more than that. Probably as high as 40 some sets in the week on, on certain muscles. For a body part. Yeah, for yeah. certain body parts, especially ones that I was trying to develop that I was trying so to like, bring like, up. So like each workout, let's say it was the shoulders you want to bring up, you were doing like 10, 12 sets each workout. It's like three three times that week yeah. or more. Or more. Yeah. yeah, yeah. That seems to be right around the limit of volume that I've seen with high-level advanced people. Yeah, and yeah. mind you, I'm on anabolics, right? So I'm taking I'm taking gear in there and stuff to help me recover yeah. at a faster rate. But again, even with taking that stuff, I still scale to that sure. point. I would have never even in the first year moved to that high of volume. It was progressively adding more volume, more volume, more volume over the course of multiple years mm-hmm. of very consistent training. Before I'd ever do that, and, and that that would that's the most I've ever done in my career. So I've been training for eighteen year, eighteen plus years now. Never in my life had I ever reached to that volume because never in my life, even as a personal trainer, had I ever proven to myself that kind of consistency mm-hmm. to that level to where I was day in and day out focused on optimizing my training by nutrition, by sleep, by programming, you know, day over day for four years consistently. Never have I done that. And so that's the only reason why I reached that level of volume. And I'm nowhere near that right now. Right now, I I couldn't even handle our split program right now. My volume of training is at some of its all-time lowest, and I'm swimming, and I'm rowing, and I'm doing it in mobility, and I'm doing a lot of other stuff. And that's kind of where my focus is right now. So if even someone with all of my experience, all of my muscle memory, if I all of a sudden decided, okay, I'm going to get back on stage again, 
day one would not look like map split or something crazy. Hell no. I wouldn't even start there. I would start at anabolic, and then I would work my way and progress through, and even with, with all my experience. And the thing that needs to be communicated is you're not going to get there faster by by applying more volume and more intensity than what your body requires. Definitely not. In fact, It'll you're going you to you shoot yourself in the yeah. foot. You'll progress faster if you do the right amount, which is also the minimum required dose to get your body to change. That's the right amount. And if you consistently apply that right amount, which will change as your body gets more advanced, it'll increase. If you do it the right way, you will notice more consistent continual change and less plateaus, less of the time where your progress stops and halts. Next question is from the doodling aristocrat. <laughs> hey. Why are all these Instagram famous lifters acting all high and mighty, hitting PRs, but not being truthful with people about how they are, are getting where they are? Steroid use is at an all-time high. You know, I think it's are we reaching a time now where mm. it's it's people just need to just tell people now they're on gear? I think yeah. we kind of are now, right? Yeah, be honest. Yeah. I don't know if we're ever going to get there. Yeah. Yeah, but don't you think it'll do you more good now being honest? Oh, I, I think I think as a talking to an influencer or talking to somebody who is trying to build uh, an Instagram image or a business, I, and you're and you're using gear. I, I 100% think it's important or ideal to be transparent to your audience. What Just you're from doing. a business standpoint, yeah. Mm. I, I mean, I think so, but the the reality of it is that that's never going to happen. You're because nobody gets to see what happens behind closed doors. No one, it's not mandatory to show if drug test you. And if I can claim that I'm doing this all natural, it looks way more impressive. So as long as as people can do that, they will. I don't see. I don't foresee people all of a sudden coming up. Not to mention, well, I could see like avoiding the questions, right? But like to to lie and say that you're not and you're natural, you know, I just don't know if that's the move. Yeah, I don't know because okay, so here it's different now because when I was younger, it was a bit of a secret. It, it was still believed that bodybuilders could be natural, pro wrestlers were natural, that athletes were natural. I thought Arnold didn't take steroids. The only people that kind of knew were the ones in the in those tight circles. So it wasn't really like this widespread thing. Today, it's kind of silly. It's kind of silly to, to not talk about it, in my opinion. And I almost feel like if you're trying to sell a product or sell your – if you're an influencer and you're making money, you're trying to sell something probably, right? Mm-hmm. If your audience thinks you're a liar, they're not going to want to buy anything. If you if they think you're telling the truth, like if you come out and be like, "Yeah, I'm on gear, but I also work out hard and I do this and here's the supplements." I almost feel like you'll you'll be more effective. You'll sell more product and be much more of an effect, effective yeah, influencer. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know if I agree with that or not. Um, I mean, I'm with you that I, I think you should and and it's why we do, but I I don't think if to me I don't care and I don't think it matters and I and I put this back on the person asking the question is like it's your responsibility as a consumer hmm. to not just go run around and buy in whatever just because someone says they do something like do your homework check like I think that I I think that if you buy into somebody who's just because they're hitting PRs or they look a certain way and that's your that's your uh, your gauge on whether you should buy something from them I think that's a really poor gauge yeah. and you need to work on that and so. I don't really give a shit what everybody else is doing. I already uh, p- people lie all the time and will always continue to lie. So I don't think this is going to change. I think it'll continue to be this. I think there'll be continue people that will deceive and make you think that they're doing incredible feats naturally when they're really not. 
and I don't think it's worth any of our time, including the person asking the question and those that are curious about this, even talking about it because yeah. who cares? Who cares? Like, don't just buy shit from people because of shit like that. If someone is saying, oh, I'm hitting PR, so you should buy my program, like, I, you know, and you buy it, well, shame on you. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Like, that's how I feel. I will say this, though. Of all the spaces in sports, uh, the most honest about taking anabolics are the strength sports. Because mm -hmm. I don't see basketball, football, baseball, MMA – I don't see any of those guys coming out and be like, yeah, you know, I use gear. Here's what I use. But oh, I also no, it'll ruin their career. They don't touch it. They don't talk about it, partially because they'll be banned. Uh, but I think even when they get out of sports, they don't talk about it. Well, because the, the interesting thing, too, is that it's still so frowned upon. There's here. also there's a lot of things that fall under performance enhancing drugs that aren't illegal. Like we, we think we go right away to steroids. But isn't there a lot of other things? I mean, isn't caffeine a performance enhancing drug? Mm hmm. Isn't creatine a performance-enhancing drug? I mean, how many other things do we do? Isn't using uh, if you're a that actually works. if you're a baseball player? Uh, Stephen Curry just got his his laser surgery or whatever on his eyes. Like, isn't that performance-enhancing? Mm -hmm. You know that we we do so many things already to the body to give us this this competitive edge to be better versions of ourselves. It's like we've all just decided, yeah, that some things are wrong, right? Some things are right. Like for example, why though? It, well, uh, I think part of it is because it's been made illegal. Part of it <laughs> they is- They work too well. Yeah. <laughs> well, look, it, it reminds me of this. Imagine if you're you're in the dating world, right? And you meet this young lady and you really like her and you meet the parents and the parents are like, what do you do for a living? You're like, oh, I have a vineyard. I, I, I make wine. They'll be like, oh my God, bring us a bottle. And then when you leave, they'll be like, I love him. He's so nice. He's a vineyard. Now imagine if we flipped it and I'm like, yeah, I grow marijuana for dispensaries. I'm like, yeah. That guy is a loser. He's grown. It, which is funny because why? Why is one so nice and one so not nice? You know what I'm saying? What's right. the big deal? Even, it, all, it, the irony is one of them is even safer than the other one. Yeah, I got into, I got in a discussion with this guy who's like a, um, uh, I don't know what kind of officer he was, but he was a cop who was very much like against drugs and against like, you know, uh, you know, marijuana. And I'm like, okay, I listen to this guy. I'm like, but yeah, I mean, he was visibly on steroids. <laughs> and I'm oh, like, really? yeah i'm like bro you're on steroids though and like he was like appalled that i would like call him out on that you literally said that too yeah <laughs> and and i'm like you don't see any like inconsistency any hypocrisy there <laughs> and then he just was like he's like i don't know what you're talking about and like the from then on we were not friends <laughs> yeah, right. like he was not okay with me yeah you, you, that's hilarious <laughs> yeah next question is from damian blaze hughes what is the most embarrassing thing you have witnessed in a gym? Oh boy, I think the most and the most embarrassing. I think I shared this a long time ago in the show. Uh, this was our, my Capital McKee location, so this is early on in my uh, management career. Right, I'd just been a manager for a short while, and it was a Friday night, and I got a page to the front desk, and uh, the front desk girl said, "Adam, uh, I have a member that's complaining." Uh, about somebody in the shower and I'm like, well, what's the deal? And she goes, there's somebody in there that is masturbating. And I'm like, <laughs> what? Are you kidding me? You right know what's now? fucked up about this? Uh, this has happened. You so manage many times. you manage a gym for longer than six months. You are going to encounter some dude that jacks off. In the yeah, car. yeah. It's inevitable. Why? Yeah. I don't know. Those yeah. fuckers. So dirty. So that was probably and then the and the fact that. Him and I, th I believe the account. I can't remember why we had to do this, but because um, the the police officers got involved, everything it was really embarrassing. The guy was older too, uh, quite a bit older. Hopped up on Viagra, 
um, and he's married, uh, has a wife, and he obviously was in the shower masturbating to other men. So that was a really awkward. Whole... Oh, there's a lot of things you need to discuss. Yeah, at that like point, cops yeah. got involved. Wife came down to come pick him up, and he stuff. thought, "Honey, let me explain." <laughs> yeah, <laughs> how? Yeah. I was yeah. thinking of you. Uh, yeah, he's yeah. embarrassed. <laughs> I'm embarrassed. It was just a just a shit show. So I would have to say that's the first one that comes to mind of like most embarrassing thing that I've ever witnessed that was really really embarrassing just to be a part and I was a pretty new manager I'm only like at this point in my career I think I'm 22 years old or so so I'm were you big... like right there when they were discussing like when he met with his spouse uh no we let them kind of talk like the like over in the corner yeah right? over in the corner by themselves and you could just I mean he was just unbelievably ashamed you could just see on his oh. face like you know, this grown-ass man. The wife shows up. She's so like, awkward. again? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You just got kicked out of balance. This Bally. is LA Fitness. Come yeah. on. <laughs> You're on a tear. <laughs> One of the gyms that I managed, I think it was Sunnyvale, um, the, the 24 on, uh, on Fremont Boulevard. The locker room connects directly to the, to the pool area. And the way the locker rooms work is – there's like a separate kind of air room area for the bathroom and toilet and then separate area for the lockers. And I was giving a tour of the gym. So I had a couple with me who's, you know, interested in signing up and I'm showing them our pool and, Hey, well, here's our awesome pool. It's really nice or whatever. And if just an old guy just walks into the pool area naked, just starts looking <laughs> around. He obviously didn't know that it was a doorway to the pool area. <laughs> and, but the best part was that he was, Standing there confused for like a minute. So he just yeah. walked out totally naked and he's looking around. Like, wait a minute. Yeah, like, huh? Yeah. And I, I got this couple with me and they're looking at this dude just standing there with his, you know, with his old dick out. And I'm like, yeah. uh, sir, <laughs> you walked out of the locker room. He's like, yeah. oh, sorry. Walked back inside. So like, you oh, did, look, a penny. That, <laughs> that reminds me of something that I, so this happened more than once too, uh, to the almost exact type of story where so the way 24 fitness a lot of their uh steam and sauna stuff works is you have the uh the men and women's bathrooms that have an, an exit portion that exits into the pool area and in the pool area is a pool a jacuzzi sauna and steam yep. and so i've had guys that just they don't even think about it they go straight from the locker room they go into the, the pool area go into the, the steam room and Steam rooms are very common to see someone naked in it. But they don't know it's a common area. Yeah, they don't know it's a common area for both guys and girls. And so I'll have like a girl come to the front desk and be like, uh, could you please go in the steam room and uh, tell the guy to put some pants on? And I'm like, oh, shit, here we go again. So that's happened actually a lot where I'd have to go in and say, uh, excuse me, sir, this is actually a co-ed steam room. Dude, yeah. I had to kick a guy out of the of the <coughs> sauna because he he was naked in there with shoes on, which was weird. He, he actually thought about putting socks and shoes on. He's in there naked. I open the door and I'm like, sir, you need to leave. And he goes, I'm not leaving. So I'm like, wow, I don't know what to do now. Like, what do, what do <laughs> yeah. I do at this point? He's, he's <laughs> like your move. Yeah. Yeah. He's naked and sweaty yeah. and he's in the corner. And I, 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 I thought to myself like, because, you know, at the time I was young. I was only 20 at the time or 19. I was just like first became a manager. It's like one of my, my first big challenges. And I wanted to assert myself. So I'm thinking. I'm gonna fucking wrestle this guy. I'm gonna pull his ass out of. <laughs> but then I remember thinking, like, show him my jiu-jitsu. Yeah, uh, but, but then I'm like Borat, where they're like yeah. just running. You know how you're trying to, you know, try to show your staff. Him. You know yeah. what I mean? Because I'm a new manager. Like I'll show you. I'll fucking grab. Then I'm like, wait a minute. He's naked. Yeah. I don't want to wrestle a naked guy. Yeah, you don't want to do that. And he's sweaty. 
in the sauna, right. this is going to yeah. be a very difficult. Yeah. You lose. Yeah. That situation. So I close the door and I I walk over. I walk over to the front desk and I tell the operations manager, I'm like, I think we're going to have to call the cops. She's like, well, before you call the cops, go tell them. So I'm like, all right. So I go back over there and I the doors close and it's a it's a clear like a clear window and he's yeah. standing this time. He's standing and he's looking at me. And I said, I'm going to call the police if you don't get out. And then he just starts peeing. What? Yeah. Oh, shit. No wow. hands or anything. He just starts to pee. Wow. So I'm like, this is great. Asserting his dominance. Yep. So we, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So I called the police and got him out. He was obviously not all there. Yeah. I, yeah, I don't think so. But you, I, could, you can believe my relief in, in, in the fact that I did not try to physically remove him after <laughs> yeah, seeing that. Yeah, I was like, I would have lost that battle. That's for scary. sure. I don't have any naked stories, but I. I did have something really embarrassing happen to myself, which I was in. <laughs> which is the, even better. Yeah. Like I was in the sales pit and I was just like, you know, doing my thing. And um, I was looking out at the floor and I was I was looking out in the distance and I was trying to look at what this guy was doing, like maybe, I don't know, 50 feet away. So it was like a little further away, but I didn't see in front of him. Like, like almost like right next to me was this lady who was doing like this, it was one of the good girl, bad girl, you know, machine yeah. things. And, uh, she was wearing spandex and a bigger lady. And, uh, and so I'm like looking and I'm like trying to see like th what this guy was doing, like, you know, in the distance. And then she just gets up and like blocks my view. And I was like, Oh, and then she, she walks into the sales pit and she was like, I see, I see you staring at me. Whoa. She thought you were staring at she, her. And then she was like coming on to me. And she's like, <laughs> she's like, so like them cheesecakes. She's like, so what's up? <laughs> she's like, you got she's like trying to get the digits and everything. And I was like, ah, no, I, I don't like, I don't know what you're talking about. And she's like, what do you mean? You're looking at me that whole time and like, like oh. being all like weird. And yeah, I didn't know what to do, dude. I froze. I was oh like, oh, this is awkward. Wow. Yeah, it was bad. No, by by far, by far, I've told this story on an old podcast, so I'm sure, uh, you know, old, the old school listeners will know what I'm talking about. But for the new listeners, I'll retell the story because till, and I think part of me telling the story is my way of getting rid of the, or dealing with the PTSD that comes from telling the story because <laughs> it's literally the most embarrassing thing I've ever done in my entire life. I, I, there's nothing, nothing's been more embarrassing than this. So uh, when I would, you know, when we'd manage gyms, oftentimes we'd get these uh, promo shirts that they'd give us and we'd have boxes of free t-shirts and you could use these for whatever you want or they'd have some kind of promo like anybody who, you know, gets a family add-on, you give them a free t-shirt or whatever. So I used to do stuff all the time. Like, you know, if you if you come up here and give us five referrals, I'll give you a free t-shirt. Anyway, the promo of the month was if you enroll in this membership and you got personal training or something like that, you'll get this free t-shirt. And so there was this really big woman, um, I don't know, 350 pounds at least, just this big woman who was got a tour from one of my sales guys, sits down, he's doing his whole deal. She doesn't want to sign up or she's being real reluctant. He calls me in for what's called a TO where I go in and I try and talk to her about what we can do. And I tell her all about the gym and how we're going to do personal trainings and help her this and Oh, and you get a free t-shirt. And she's like, okay. So finally she signs up and she's like, I'd like to get my free shirt. I go and search in the box and we ran out of all, all the XLs, all the extra large shirts are gone. So I go up to her and I say, look, I'm going to get more shirts from headquarters. Um, and so when I do, um, I'll give it to you and you'll come in the gym and you, and you'll come see me. She's like, okay. So she leaves. Well, this woman came in to the gym, I don't know, every second or third day, not to work out. 
She didn't come in to work out. Shirt. She would come into the front. I used her, to have people like this all yeah, the time. In her too. work clothes. Yeah. She wouldn't schedule a session with her trainer. She wouldn't come to work out. She came in to get her fucking shirt. So she'd come to the front <laughs> desk and she knew my name at this point. It's Sal here. And I'd walk up there. I don't remember her name, but I was like, oh, hi, Mrs. Johnson. Uh, let me go check to see if the shirts are going the back. Come back. No, they're not here. We only have mediums left. And she, she'd walk out. So like the 10th time this happened, she comes up to the front. I can see her walking up. I'm like, ah. Oh. I even thought about hiding. I'm like, maybe I should just go hide. I'm like, fuck it. I'll deal with it. So I go up to the front. I'm like, hey, listen, they still haven't sent me any more shirts. She's like, check. Go back there and check. Make Satisfy me. And I'm like, this fucking, you know, it's like the 10th time. So I walk in the back and I had the box of shirts on my office. And uh, I, on my desk, uh, you know, I had a computer and I had this, I had the phone. And the phone, you could hit intercom and you could, make announcements to the whole club, which I used to love doing. I used to love hitting intercom and talking about sales and stuff like that to the whole gym. Well, I bumped the phone, didn't realize that I hit intercom. So now the whole fucking gym can hear what I'm saying to myself in the office. So I'm going through the shirts and I'm pissed off because this is like the 10th time. And I'm like, this fucking lady, just fuck, man. Wouldn't even work out. Just wants her stupid shirts. a fucking shirt. Who cares? I'm like, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to give her two mediums. You can sew them together. And as, as I'm saying this, I'm talking to myself. And these are my, those are exactly what I said. If I'm going to get two mediums and sew them together for. I look up, and my, my office had windows, right? I look up, and my assistant manager is at my window, and he's doing the, the cutthroat thing with his hand, like, cut it, cut it. <laughs> and he's pointing up. And I look up. You're live. I look at the phone. The light is blinking. And I look out into the whole gym, and there's fucking 100 people staring into my office. <laughs> I fucking hung up the phone and I sat down under my desk. I went under my desk and I just chilled there. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, maybe she'll just go away. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe she's just going to... Finally, the front desk person knocks on my door. I'm like, come in. She comes in. I'm like, did everybody uh, hear that? And she's like, yeah, everybody heard you. I'm like, did she leave? She's like, no, she's not leaving. <laughs> no, like, no, she's there. She wants so her I, shirt. I start walking up and she's looking at me. And before I could say anything, she's like, just give me my two medium shirts and I'll leave. And I'm like, ah, <laughs> the most embarrassing thing oh, I've ever no. gone through. My talking about it's making me sweat. Yeah. Can you imagine that shit? Yeah, no, that's embarrassing. Terrible. Yikes. Look, and with that, go to mindpumpfree.com to download any one of our guides for free. We have a lot of guides on there that teach you how to build your arms, your legs work on your midsection, increase your squat. I even have a guide on there for personal trainers. If you're trying to become a personal trainer, talk about certifications, which ones you should do, uh, how to start your business, how to build your business. Great stuff, mindpumpfree.com. You can also check us all out on Instagram. You can find our individual pages. Justin is at mindpumpjustin. My page is at mindpumpsal, and Adam is at mindpumpadam. Thank you for listening to Mind Pump. If your goal is to build and shape your body, dramatically improve your health and energy, and maximize your overall performance, check out our discounted RGB Super Bundle at mindpumpmedia.com. The RGB Super Bundle includes MAPS Anabolic, MAPS Performance, and MAPS Aesthetic, nine months of phased expert exercise programming designed by Sal, Adam, and Justin to systematically transform the way your body looks, feels, and performs. With detailed workout blueprints and over 200 videos, the RGB Super Bundle is like having Sal, Adam, and Justin as your own personal trainers, but at a fraction of the price. The RGB Super Bundle has a full 30-day money-back guarantee, and you can get it now, plus other valuable free resources at mindpumpmedia.com. 
If you enjoy this show, please share the love by leaving us a five-star rating and review on iTunes and by introducing Mind Pump to your friends and family. We thank you for your support. And until next time, this is Mind Pump.